Hey, Pursuit family, welcome to our first Pursuit Snow Day. Uh, though it is rare, God saw fit to bless us, our area, and basically the whole eastern side of the country with the first big blizzard uh, this year. Uh, and we're excited to just embrace this snow day. Uh, I hope that you're staying warm. Uh, I have big plans on sledding later this afternoon uh, and, and teaching my kids how to crash properly into a tree. Uh, I'm excited about that. I hope that you have a great time. I hope that you enjoy uh, the rest uh, and the fun that you'll have with your family. But we did not want a single Sunday going by without us declaring God's word and teaching God's word and us gathering together. Even though we don't get to be in the same room today, uh, we still get to join together uh, just in unity in the spirit of God. And so there's a lot of groups out there, uh, part of house churches. Uh, this is not uh, anything unnormal for you. Uh, you. You join us every single week online and we love that you're part of our family. Uh, but for a lot of the local family that is in the building, this might be a unique day for you being at home, being in your pajamas, uh, sipping on coffee or some uh, hot chocolate uh, and, and just getting used to the day. So I just want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this, uh, just for taking time out of your snow day uh, to join together, uh, to worship together and to hear God's word. Uh, and I'm excited. I do believe that the Lord is going to use this moment in our lives. Um, there is something uh, that the Lord has just laid on my heart that I cannot wait to share. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's hard for me uh, to, to preach to a camera rather than a crowd, uh, but I'm excited about it. And uh, I, just, I just believe in this moment that the Lord is going to do something. He's going to teach us something, shape us. Uh, he's a faithful God. And so I'm excited. Uh, I just want to encourage you uh, to grab your phone or your Bible because uh, I, I want us to look at a very, very, very specific scripture this morning in Psalm 37. Uh, and I'm going to read that here in just a minute. But before I do, I'm going to pray, uh, and I would just ask that you join with me. Don't just watch me pray on the screen, but if you would just join with me and pray in this moment, I believe that the Lord uh, can and will do some powerful things in our lives. Uh, so let's pray. Father God, I just come before you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. God, I just want to thank you uh, just for who you are. Father, for the way that you absolutely 100% have never failed us. God, for the way that you never leave us, for the way that you never forsake us, Father. Uh, and even in this moment, even in this day when things are different, Lord, I still feel your presence. And I pray, Lord, that your word this morning, that it will be from you, uh, that it will be filled with your spirit, that it will just be filled with your power, God, that it will go out. Father, the word says uh, that your word that you send out, that it never, ever comes back void, that it accomplishes, that it achieves everything that you send it out to. God, and I pray, Lord, I declare that prayer this morning, Father, that this word, Father, that you've put into our hearts, God, that it will go out, Father, and that it will achieve your purposes in our lives. I pray, Father, that you will just let your spirit lead us and guide us, God. Let your presence be with us, Father, in our homes this morning. I pray, Lord, that your will will be done above all things in your holy and your precious name. Amen. So I, I want to talk just for a few minutes uh, out of Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is a longer psalm, uh, and it's one of the most, in my opinion, what it's been to my life, it's one of the most powerful psalms uh, that specifically David ever wrote. Uh, and David is such a you. 
uh, unique character in the Bible. He's such a unique person. David's unique because we get to see uh, all of David's lifespan. We get to see from him being a young man, a young child, uh, a teenager uh, in his early 20s. We get to see him uh, during seasons of, of greatness. We get to see him during seasons of failures. Uh, we get to see David when he's at his height of faithfulness to God. We get to see him uh, when he's at his bottom uh, in some pretty horrific sin seasons with God. Uh, we get to see him when he's reigning on his throne uh, and he's being a, a, the king and, and, and living out God's promises. Uh, we get to see him when his own son betrays him and takes the throne from him and takes the kingdom from him for a very short season. Uh, we get to see him when he's uh, being betrayed and, and ran off and, and chased by King Saul. Uh, we get to see him uh, when God provides for him in, in crazy ways, we get to see the ins and outs of David's life. Uh, we get to see everything, every, every ounce of David's life. It's what makes King David so special, I think, to God's people. And, and one of the reasons why I believe God uh, used so much of David's life, because we, it's rare that you get to see the ups and downs uh, of, of someone's life from beginning to end. But we do. We get to see David's beginning, and we get to see David even on his deathbed. And so David's perspective uh, is unique. Uh, David's perspective is powerful. There's a lot of wisdom and a lot of truth and a lot of power uh, to be learned from the life of David and from the Psalms and, and from the wisdom uh, and the truths of God that David shares with us in the Psalms. Uh, in Psalm uh, 37, uh, this isn't the scripture, the, the main scripture this morning, but in uh, Psalm 37, there is one of the most powerful statements that David ever makes about God. And I just want to start with that this morning. Uh, David says that, I was once young and now I'm old. And in all my years, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God forsake his people. I've never seen God leave his people. I've never seen God fail his people, not once. Uh, the heart of David knew something about God and he believed something about God uh, that, that is difficult for us to embrace uh, the way that David embraced it with the fullness. But David knew, David knew this one thing. David knew that God is faithful. David knew that God is faithful. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is a faithful God. The New Testament says that even when we are faithless, that he is still faithful that God's faithful, that God always comes through for us, that God is always with us, that God's purposes, that God's plans, that they cannot be stopped. Job declared this to the history, to the world, to the enemy, uh, and to all the world. He just said that the purposes of God cannot be thwarted, that what God sets out to do, that God is going to do it. Uh, the Bible says, as I, I said a few minutes ago, that, that his word, when God speaks, when God says something, when God makes a promise, when God puts something out in the universe that when his word leaves, his word always 100% of the time accomplishes and achieves what he set it out for. Our God is a faithful, faithful, faithful God. And God is worthy to be trusted because of his faithfulness. He's worthy uh, to be followed because of his faithfulness. He's worthy to be trusted and to be chased after and sought after. He's worthy for us to seek his face. He's worthy for us to lean on him, to depend on him uh, and to follow his leadership in this life and to trust him every step of the way because he is faithful. And this is something that is, is it's a common thought in Christianity. This is something that if you, if you ask 
the majority of Christians, is God faithful? They will tell you, yes, God's faithful. Uh, this is something that, that, that is, is a, it's a common theme. It's a common statement. It's, it's common theology, uh, the faithfulness of God, that God is faithful. But it's difficult, though, though it's easy to say it and it's easy to believe it up here. It's very difficult to follow God out of his faithfulness day in and day out through the course of our life. It's easy to believe and to act and to trust God to be faithful uh, when we're living out a moment like David did the day that he killed uh, Goliath. Like when David in faith trusted the Lord, declared that the battle is the Lord's, bravely walked out onto the battlefield, fought Goliath, and the Lord delivered him into his hands uh, and gave not just David, but all of Israel this significant victory. It's easy to believe in that moment that God's faithful. It's easy to believe in that moment. It's easy to trust God in that moment. And it's probably really easy to trust God and his faithfulness the following day, maybe even the following week. But the problem is, is that those days come and go pretty quickly. And there's a lot of days when we're not walking in this supreme victory. There's a lot of days when we're facing uh, giants that don't seem to fall, when we're facing walls that don't seem to fall, when we, we come into dead ends in life or we believe that God's doing something and we believe that God made a promise to us or, or we're trusting God uh, with something in our life and, and it's not happening and we don't see it the way it's happening and things get difficult, things get hard. It's, it's hard to trust that God is faithful during those times. Uh, and and, and the, the heart of the message this morning and, and what I want to look at this morning and encourage us with is that because we get to see all the ins and outs of David's life, we know that David knew and believed without doubt that God was faithful. But David knew that God was faithful on the days of victory and he knew that God was faithful during the times of defeat. David knew that God was faithful uh, when he made a promise and David, and David knew that God was faithful uh, during that season when the promise wasn't coming true. David knew that God was faithful. And in Psalm 37, he, he, he's in a season right here where, where things are difficult. He's in a season where, where things are, are not going as planned. He's in a season uh, where there, there's a lot of evil people around him succeeding in their ways. He's in a season uh, where God has made some significant promises, but those promises haven't uh, been fulfilled yet. He's in, he's in that, that waiting season, in that season between when God makes a promise uh, and when God fulfills the promise. And David starts off uh, sharing this, this, the truth of this season uh, in Psalm 37, verses three through seven. I'm going to read this really fast. And this is, this is what David says. This is what David says. In, in these seasons uh, where it's, 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 it's difficult to trust that God's faithful. In these seasons where it's, it's, it's difficult uh, to believe that, that God is, is good and that he's in control and that he's sovereign. In these seasons where God, you felt like God's made a promise or you're in a season where, where you're in need of something, you're in a season where you, you believe something's happening uh, and, and, but it's, it, you feel like God's not coming through. This is, this is the season that, that David's speaking to in this moment. And I wanna, I wanna read this to you because he gives us two truths and I, I, I believe this morning that if we would just let the Lord speak to us and we let the word of God speak to us, uh, he will do a great work in us. This is what Psalm 37, three says. David says, trust in the Lord and do good. 
Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this or he will act. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to, to see this uh, just for a second. I, I want you to understand David's heart. And I just want to take a minute. I want to make sure that we, we get what David's saying in this moment. We get how he's trying to encourage us and what he's trying to teach us. This first thing in verse 3, he's just setting up the way that we need to live our lives. He says up front, he says, you need to trust God. You need to trust God. The only reason you have to say you need to trust God is when it's in a difficult moment when it's hard to trust God. He says, you need to trust God and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness or cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then he says this in verse five. And I, this, is, this is the main scripture, one of the main scriptures for today. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. And I want to... I I want to talk to you about this because this is David teaching us something. This is David. He, he, he took a season of his life all right, and he pinned it down and he wrote it down and he wants to make sure that history learns what he learned through the season of his life. And he says, if you can commit your way to the Lord, if you can bring it within yourself to trust God with this thing going on in your life or to trust God with this big decision, to trust God with your career, to trust God with your marriage, to trust God uh, with this season of your life, to, to commit it to him. If you can bring yourself to do this, he's making you a promise. He's telling you up front. He's saying, if you can just in this moment, in a singular moment, if you can, if you can bring yourself to trust God and commit your way to him and to commit the path of your life to him and commit the big decision to him and commit this to him. He says, I promise you, I promise you that he will act. I promise you. The Hebrew literally just says that he will bring it to pass. The promises is, is that God will move on your behalf. God will move. God will speak on your behalf. God will guard you. God will protect you. God will bring clarity. God will guide you. God will bring it to pass. He will achieve it. He will fulfill his will in your life. He will fulfill the promise and the purpose in your life that he will act. He will move if you'll commit it to him. And I want to I wanna just take a second. I want us to understand what committing it to God means. This word in the Hebrew, commit your way to God. This word in the Hebrew literally means to roll something up on God. It's the idea in the Hebrew language. It's the idea that something's too big or something's too heavy uh, for you to hold yourself, that you're not able to hold it long, that you're not able to have it. You don't have the capacity to deal with the situation by yourself. You don't have the capacity uh, to walk through the circumstance by yourself. And so you 
roll it upon God. That's, that's what commit your way literally means. In the Hebrew, it's the idea of rolling something upon God. Like, God, this is too big for me. God, I don't know the answers. Uh, God, I don't know the direction to go. I don't know what you want me to do with my life. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what my career is supposed to be like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to do marriage uh, in a successful way. I've tried it my own way, and it's not really working out. I don't know how to raise kids. I don't know. These are big tasks. These are huge things. You know, I don't, I don't know what to do with this season of my life. I don't know how to handle the calling that you've put on my life. I don't know what to do. And so when we take these things, when we get in circumstances, when we get in situations, when we have to make big decisions, uh, God says, you, you take this stuff, God, he said, I never intended you to walk this life by yourself. I never intended for you to go on this journey alone. I'm with you. So take these things, trust me, and roll them upon me and commit them to me. This is something that, that every believer, every believer, every follower of Jesus needs to do in their life. You get these things. And, th and I just want to be real for a second. I mean, it, we're all at home. Uh, you're, you're with your family. You're walking through. Maybe you're at home alone this morning. I just want to be for real for a second. I want to make sure that we, we just step in, that we don't miss this, that we don't miss this. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Life, life there is significant amount of big decisions that we have to make every single day of our lives, decisions that will affect the rest of our lives, decisions that will affect our future, decisions that will affect our family. Uh, there's, there's, there's provision. There's this, the, the reality of having to pay bills at the end of every month, of having to do life having to pick a career, having, having to do these things, walking through friendships, walking through relationships, walking through marriage, walking through singleness, that, that, that there are seasons in life and every season in life brings about its own issues, brings about its own problems that need to be solved, brings about uh, different situations, di different circumstances. And life is life and life is, is difficult. Life is not easy. And, and God wants us to understand that he is with us and that part of what he wants us to do is to seek his face and to, to, to trust him with these things and to roll these things upon him and to give these things to him, to trust it with him. And I just want, I want, to, I want, to, I want you to, from a practical sense, I want, I want you to know what that looks like because we've seen David do this in the scriptures. We, we've seen David take a second, take a situation, and say, God, I'm giving this to you. God, I, I don't know. You came, listen, David was young one day and a prophet Samuel showed up in his life and anointed him king. When he was young, he told him, he said, one day you're gonna be king. And this was a difficult, heavy statement to tell a young man, a young teenager. But this is what God, this was the calling that God put on his life. But David didn't know how to handle that. David didn't know what that meant. David didn't know the timing of it. And so David rolled it upon God. He committed that process to God. He, he committed that promise to God and he trusted God with it. There was, there was a moment, there was multiple moments when he was young, uh, when he would just come before the Lord and he would say statements like, God, 
You told me that I was going to be king. You, you sent Samuel to me. I was in the field with the sheep and I was content and I was happy and I was at peace and I was falling in love with you, God, and I was living my life in your presence and I was, I was, I was learning and growing and I was fine. And you, God, you're the one that came and you put this calling on my life. You're the one that came and made this promise to me. You're the one who, who did this. And so he said, I'm trusting you with this and I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you that you'll work it out. I'm trusting you that you'll do it. I'm trusting you that you'll achieve it. I'm trusting you that you'll walk it out. This was David rolling upon God. All committing something to God is and rolling something about God is, it's a moment where you get alone with the Lord and you through prayer, and true trust in your heart, give it to God because you know that he's faithful. And you tell God up front, God, I can't do this. I don't know the direction to go. I don't know what's right. I can't achieve it. So I'm trusting this with you. I'm giving it to you. I'm asking for clarity. I'm asking you to open the right doors, to close the wrong doors. I'm asking you to bring the right people into my life. I'm asking you to act. I'm asking you to achieve it. And I trust you with it. And you just commit it to the Lord. You just roll it upon the Lord in prayer and you commit it to him. This is a powerful, powerful thing that you can do to trust the Lord, to commit it to the Lord because he's faithful. And about three years ago, I preached that message. In fact, I, the last 10 minutes, I, I, I put really a three-week series into the last 10 minutes. The, the power of committing our way to the Lord the power of, of trusting the Lord truly, practically, in prayer, bringing these situations, bringing these decisions, bringing this to the Lord and rolling upon him. I, I, I preached that about two to three years ago. I did a series on that, and it was all about that, rolling upon God, committing your way to God, trusting him that he'll act. And we went through different stories in David's life where we saw God make a promise and fulfill the promise. We saw David walk through difficulties, walk through good seasons, bad seasons, and we, we saw that God was faithful to act every time, faithful to achieve it every time. The heart of the message today, though, is not the act of committing to the Lord, because at the end of the day, when we commit something to the Lord, when we roll it upon God, when we, when we choose in a moment to trust God, that's in actuality and practicality and spiritually, this is something that happens in a singular moment. This is something that happens when you get along with the Lord and you, you say a prayer and you roll it up on God, you trust God with it. You know, how many times have we, have we walked into a room or we've been at church or, you know, God's got a hold of us in some way and we've truly not faking it, not just going through the motions, we truly committed something to the Lord. We truly rolled something upon God. We truly trusted him and we surrendered to him and we said, your will, not my will. And this is something that, that we've done. But what David wants you to see, and this is the, the, the heart of Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is a long Psalm. It's, it's many, many, many verses. And he talks about committing your way to the Lord first and early but only once. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he'll do this. He'll act, he'll achieve it. The rest of the psalm is not about the moment of rolling the thing, rolling the moment, rolling the calling, rolling upon the Lord, committing your way to the Lord. The rest of the psalm is about the way that you live your life 
between the moment that you trust God with something and then the end of that season. And I want to read the next verse, verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. The truth is, is Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. That's the part where you have a moment where the Lord reveals himself to you and you know in your heart that what you're going through or the decision or whatever it is, is too big for you and you roll it up on God and you trust God with it. The hard part is the journey from the moment that you trust God with something all the way to when he comes through, to when he achieves it. In fact, the rest of the Psalm is about that. And it's about all kinds of different situations and different viewpoints and different things. But the rest of the Psalm is about the idea of being still before the Lord and waiting patiently for him. And I just wanna, I wanna talk about being still before the Lord just for a minute because I wanna be clear about something. This season of being still and waiting patiently, that is the majority of your life. The day that God makes a promise to you is one day. The day that you trust God with something, that's one moment, that's one day. The day that that he achieves it, the day that he comes through, the day that he fulfills the promise, that's just one day. But life is not the day that he makes the promise and life is not the day that you trust him with something and life is not the day that he comes through it. Life is the season of time between the promise of God and the fulfillment of God. That's our life. That's our life. The majority of our life is the time frame between at which we trust God and the time at which he comes through. The things that we trust God with, like our jobs, our careers. You start a job on one day and you're gonna trust God with this new job. You're gonna trust God. That's the first day. Now living life out, trusting God every day, waiting on God to move, being patient before the Lord, being still in the presence of the Lord. That's the majority of your life. That's the majority of the seasons of your life. It's this season of being still. It's this season of trusting God. It's this season of waiting upon the Lord and being patient in the presence of the Lord. And it's this season where we struggle the most. We don't struggle. Most of us, it's, it, it's, a, it's a moment. It's an easy thing to just truly trust the Lord with something in a moment. The difficult part is the next day. The even more difficult part is when it's a week later, a month later, a year later, half a lifetime later. The difficult seasons that we struggle with the most is in the waiting. It's in, it's in it between when God makes a promise and when God fulfills it. And the thing that, that David learned is that this is the seasons that really matter. The season, the day that God makes a promise, it it matters. The day that God fulfills a promise, it matters. But what matters the most is your relationship with the Lord in the season of waiting. And this is what David's trying to get across uh, to his people, trying to get across to his sons, trying to get across to his family, trying to get across to you and to me, is that life is the season of waiting. Life is learning how to rest in the Lord and be still in the presence of God as we're trusting him and moving forward. It's easy to trust God in a moment, but one of the reasons we screw our life up so often, one of the reasons that we go down the path that we probably shouldn't have is in the season of waiting when we, we don't truly wait and we're not resting in the Lord and we get restless. 
And that's what I want to talk about. And through this, you'll see two patterns. If you go through and you read the rest of Psalm 37, you'll see two distinct things through the rest of the Psalm that David warns us about in this season of waiting. What takes us away from this season of waiting in, in a negative way? And what, what makes this, this season difficult? The, the life between when God gives a promise and when he fulfills it. The, the day between when we trust God with something and when he fulfills it. He says there's two things. It comes down to what you're looking at. He says, there's things that you see and there's things that you don't see. And he says, and knowing what you're looking at and knowing what your heart is focused on and knowing what you're connected to is going to make all the difference in the world uh, when you're resting in the Lord and you're waiting on the promise of God to be fulfilled and being able to learn to follow a faithful God. And I want to give you a story really fast. Um, yesterday, actually, uh, I took uh, the kids for a little hike. Uh, we, we just moved into our new house and our, our uh, little piece of property backs up to this, this huge piece of property. There's a lot of woods behind our house and, and, and uh, fields and it's just a really cool place. And, and we, we, we walked off uh, and we were gonna go on an adventure and we started to go down and uh, we followed the little trail into a big field and we followed the field around and, and we walked all the way down and we, we got a, a long ways away from the house. I think we got almost a half a mile away from the house in the woods and in these fields just exploring. Uh, and, and I knew where we were the whole time. And, and we were just circling around the field and we were going to kind of come back up and then circle back to the house. Uh, and, and when we got a, where we'd been gone for a while and when we started to kind of turn back, I started to notice Aubrey was getting a little uh, impatient. She's starting to get a little frustrated. She wasn't sure where we were. She started to think that we were lost. Uh, she truly, uh, even though I was there, even though, you know, I'm her father, she was starting to get a little, not agitated, but you could just tell she was bothered by the situation and the circumstance. She started to ask me, you know, did I know where we were? And, 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 and is this the right way? And she didn't know where we were. And, and uh, you know, and, and she just started asking and she started to get a little, like just, just a little frustrated and, and, and you know, multiple times asked me, uh, you know, dad, is this the right way? And she even got to a point to where she said, I just feel like you don't know where you're going. Like she was just, just got very adamant. Uh, and, and, and I said, baby, you just got to trust me. You got to trust me, baby. I, I promise I know where we are. I promise I know where we're going. I just trust me. And, and we got up and, and when uh, we got closer to probably the last 30 minutes of our walk, uh, they weren't really fun for her. She was very focused uh, on, on that we didn't know where we were. She seemed stressed. Uh, she she was said twice, she said, I just, she started getting scared. Um, and when we finally did get back close to the house and we could see the house through the woods, uh, she, her entire demeanor changed. Uh, she started to smile. She started, her, her walk pepped up. And then she started to apologize uh, for doubting me, basically, in her little six-year-old way. And she said something, and, and, and I, I took out my phone. I tried to get her to say it again, but she didn't say it. Uh, the, she knew I was her corner, and so she, she got shy. She didn't say it the way she said it the first time. But in her apologies to me, she was trying to apologize for, for basically not having fun because I had made this statement to her. I said, Aubrey, I said, you didn't enjoy the last 30 minutes of our walk. I said, you were agitated and you, you didn't have fun the last 30 minutes of our walk. And she made this statement. This is what she said. She said, I, I couldn't see the house and I was just scared 
and and I'm and I'm and I'm sorry. And I and I asked her the question. I said, "You you didn't trust me because you didn't see the house." And she said, "Yes, I did. I couldn't see the house, and and I was scared and I was afraid, and that was that was what kind of ruined the 30 minutes for her." And so I I I, I noticed though that her brother. Uh, had a very, very different experience. Her brother was running around, Hudson was running around playing. He had a big walking stick and he was fighting and sword fighting, you know, imaginary people in the woods. And he was picking up rocks and throwing them and he was just walking over logs. And, and he, he had the time of his life actually uh, from the beginning to the end all the way up. And when we got back up closer and I, I started to talk to Aubrey about it and, and I just noticed and the Lord just kind of put this in my heart and it, it fell along so well with, with the message today is, is Aubrey was not focused on me. Aubrey was not focused on spending time with her dad. Aubrey wasn't focused on having the adventure that, you know, we started off with an adventure. Aubrey was just focused on where's the house. She was focused on, I can't see the house. And because I can't see the house, I don't know where we are. Even with dad, even though dad's here, and even though dad is present with me, I can't see the house. And because I can't see the house, it causes some fear in my life. It causes a little bit of anxiety. It causes a little bit of stress. And I'm not, I'm not enjoying the walk anymore. I'm not enjoying the process anymore. I'm not enjoying the journey anymore. I'm not enjoying what's happening in this moment. Aubrey was doing so often what we do in life. Her eyes were fixated on the promise of God and her heart was connected to the promise of God being fulfilled rather than to the presence of God. Versus where Hudson was focused on spending time with us and focused on spending time with me and, and having fun and enjoying the process. And in Hudson's mind, he didn't know where he was, but it was okay because he knew that I knew where we were going and he was with me and we were having fun and we were enjoying the moment. And he didn't need, his, his heart wasn't set on the house. His heart and eyes, they weren't set on the house. They weren't set on the promise. They were set on, on the moment and on the, the, the presence and, and the, the spending time with me. And so they had two very different experiences. And this is what we do in life. And this is the truth. This is something that David learned about life. This was one of the reasons why David could go through the ups and downs in his life and stay stable and stay strong and enjoy and have joy and peace all the way through this because he knew that if your heart and your eyes are set on the promise of God rather than the presence, then every day all you're thinking about is what you don't have. All you'll be thinking about is what you can't see. I can't see the end of the journey. I can't see you know, the, the end of the process. I'm in this place where I don't know where we are and I don't see how it's gonna work out and I don't know what's going on. And if your heart is more connected to the promise of God rather than to the presence of God, then you're gonna spend every single day of your life focused on the future that you can't see and it's going to ruin the journey and it's going to ruin the process and it's going to ruin your life. This is why so many people struggle because they always are focused on what's coming ahead and, and the promises and what they can't see rather than knowing that the power of life and the secret of life is learning to enjoy the presence of God every single day. That's why David wrote before he got into this, this dichotomy of committing and waiting and, 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 and trusting the Lord. He says, you've got to learn to dwell in the land and feed off God's faithfulness. You have to learn to delight yourself in the Lord 
Lord and know that God will be good to you. Know that God will give you the desires of your heart, that God will come through, that God will do this. You have to learn how to enjoy the presence of God and know that life is not about the promises, that life is about the presence of God, that life is about living in your relationship with the Lord and trusting God every single day. That The day that God makes a promise and the day that he fulfills it, that's just two days. That's one day at the beginning and one day at the end. But life is about in between. And truly, life is learning how to be still before the Lord. He's learning how to be still before the Lord. This is one of the reasons that we struggle uh, in these seasons and in these moments to really have peace and have joy and, and trust and rest in the Lord is because we're focused on what we can't see. We don't see how it could happen. We don't see the house uh, in the future. We don't see the promise. We don't see what God's doing. We don't see how it's going to work out. And we're constantly fixated on what God hasn't done rather than learning to fall in love with the presence of God right here and right now and know that in God's timing, he will act. In God's timing, he will move. In God's timing, he will come through. But my heart isn't connected to the promise. My heart, my soul, my mind, my eyes, they're connected to the presence of God. And I have the presence of God every day. That's why David said, be still before the Lord. Literally in the Hebrew, it says, rest in Yahweh. It says, rest in Yahweh, be still in Yahweh. That's, that's God's Hebrew name. That's, the, that's the, the greatest, most sacred name of God, Yahweh. It's just, he's the breath of life. He's the creator. And that life is not about getting and achieving. And life is really not about what God is even gonna do in your life. Life is about your relationship with God. Life is about learning to enjoy the presence of God. And if you learn to enjoy the presence of God and to rest in God, the seasons of waiting can become the greatest seasons of your life. So the first thing I want you to know is that so often we struggle heavily because of the things that we don't see. David also warns us about the things that we do see. The very next verse, actually, in verse 7, and I'm going to close with this quick statement. He says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. So David, there's so much of the rest of Psalm 37 where David says, one of your greatest struggles is you're going to look into other people's lives and you're going to see them taking shortcuts. You're going to see them doing wicked things. You're going to see them you know, walking in, in, in foolish ways, but they're going to have some level of success. You're going to see this in this. And David said, if you're not careful, and, the, and if you're not truly content and resting in Yahweh and being still in the presence of God and learning how to trust God's faithfulness and feeding off the faithfulness of God, if you don't learn how to wait in these seasons and be patient, he said, you're going to take shortcuts in life. And he said, one of the things you know about David's life is that he was offered shortcut after shortcut after shortcut after shortcut. God promised him that he was going to be king. And he had two different times that he could have easily killed Saul, uh, who was the enemy king who hated David and tried to kill David multiple times. And instead of, you know, instead of taking advantage of these moments and giving into the temptation of taking a shortcut, David was content. David was content. He was resting in the Lord. He was resting in Yahweh. He was being still in Yahweh and he was waiting patiently on God to move. 
And because he was waiting patiently on God to move, David knew that he didn't have to move. David knew that he didn't have to manipulate the situation. He didn't have to take it into his hands. He didn't have to be in control. He knew that in time, in God's perfect time, that God's faithfulness would bring about God's promises and God's purpose. And so I want to just, I want to, I want to close on these, these two things as, as, as we, in our life, whatever it is, and I know that this is a different day. I know this is a unique day, but I believe the Lord wants you to hear this, this one truth. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful every single day. You can trust him with every single thing in your life. You can trust him with the small things. You can trust him with the huge things. You can trust him with the right now. You can trust him with your future. You can trust them in your singleness. You can trust them in your relationships. You can trust him with marriage. You can trust him with your kids. You can even trust God with your sins and with your mistakes and with your failures. God is a faithful God and he is always with you. He's always with you and he's bringing about everything for your good and for his glory. He's working in every single situation in your life. Romans 8 says everything God works through, he works for our good. All right, God is faithful and we can trust him. And we need to learn to trust him with all of these things, to roll all these things upon him. But it's the season of waiting and it's the, it's the learning to rest in his presence. It's the learning to rest in Yahweh and to be still in Yahweh that changes the course of our life. David warns us, he says, there's gonna be the majority of your life, you're not gonna see the promise get fulfilled because the promise gets fulfilled only in a single moment. You're gonna spend the majority of your life waiting in the presence of God. He says, while you're waiting in the presence of God, you're going to see all kinds of things to distract you. And the enemy's going to give you all types of opportunities to take shortcuts. But David said, I'm telling you, after I've walked through what I've walked through in my life, after I've gone through what I've gone through in my life, he says, I'm telling you, I was young and now I'm an old man. David wrote this when he was old. And he says, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen God fail anyone. I've never ever seen the faithfulness of God not come through. And he said, and sometimes I had to wait a week. Sometimes I had to wait a month. Sometimes I had to wait for years, but I fell in love with the presence of God. And because I fell in love with the presence of God, I learned how to rest in the presence of God and be still in the presence of God. And I knew that in God's time, if I was still and I just waited and worshiped while I waited, and I just let God be God, that God would work it all out in his timing. And this was why we see the, the, the things that we get to see David do, the things that we get to see David be a part of, the way that God himself talks about David. It's powerful. It's, it's epic. There was, there was nobody. God honored David so much that one of the names of Jesus is literally the son of David. That's what God thought about David. And this was the relationship. David was not fixated on the promises of God. David was fixated on the presence of God. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I promise you, I promise you that because I know God is faithful, I can tell you God will act. God will move. God will come through for you. God will fulfill his will in your life. God will be good to you. God will work it out 
because he is faithful. But don't think about, don't focus on, don't give your heart to the promises of God. Give your heart and your mind and your soul and your everything to the presence of God. Learn how to wait. Learn how to worship while you wait. Learn how to be still in the presence of God. Learn how to delight yourself in the Lord and in the presence of God. Learn how to love the Lord in every single season of your life will be out of this world. This is one of the reasons why David was joyful and hopeful even in the worst of situations. It's the same reason why we see Paul in the New Testament, whether he was preaching the gospel and planting churches in Asia or he was being beaten or he was imprisoned all the way up to the point of being jailed in Rome and eventually being killed for his faith. Paul said, no matter what circumstance I'm in, I have joy and I have peace and I have hope because I'm in love with the presence of God and I'm enjoying the presence of God. So I want, you to, I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to know, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt, right here, right now, if there's things in your life that you need to roll up on the Lord and trust him with, then do that. But even more than that, even more than that, learn to fall in love with the presence of God. Learn to be still and rest in the presence of God. Don't move, be still. Don't manipulate, be still. Don't take shortcuts, be still. Don't grow envious, be still. Fall in love with the Lord. Learn how to rest in the presence of God. And I promise you, it may be tomorrow. It may be a week from now. It may be a month from now. It may be a year from now. It may be half a lifetime from now. But I promise you, God is faithful and he will come through. But today is about the presence of God. So fall in love with the presence of God. I love you guys with all my heart. I hope that you enjoy your snow day. Uh, I'm gonna pray. And then we'll say goodbye. Father God, I just come before you, Lord. Uh, I pray, Father, that you'll just use this message, God. Uh, I hope that the, the heart of every single person uh, that hears this message today, they will walk away believing without doubt of your faithfulness, knowing that you are faithful, knowing that you are a faithful God, that you are a God who always comes through. Father, that like David, Father, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen you fail. I have never seen your purpose not come about. I have never seen your will not accomplished. You are a faithful God and you are a good God and you're a loving God. And I pray, Lord, that you will draw us to you in these seasons, God, when we trust you with something, that we will learn how to wait in worship. We'll learn how to trust you. We'll learn how to rest in your presence, just to be still in your presence and just have peace in your presence. I pray, Lord, that we will learn to fall in love with the seasons, God, where we're trusting you. I pray, Lord, that you'll bless our people. God, keep us safe, uh, keep us warm in your holy name. Amen. I love you guys.